my job is to enhance and add drama and character to spaces where an interior designer and an architect are going to come up with a big plan overall vision. And then we're going to go after that and then make sure that it's the best it can be and look the best both day and night. And then also take in consideration our clients. A lot of them have demanding jobs or come from industries that are demanding and they need places to relax and we're able to create those environments for them. Welcome to Friends of Build Magazine. I'm your host, Ted Bainbridge. I've been traveling the world and working in publications for 30 years. In 2016, we launched our first issue of Build Magazine, a publication dedicated to high-end home construction, renovation, and the innovative experts that make this possible. This podcast was created to have some fun and explore those who have taken on the challenge of building luxury homes in demanding locations. From navigating logistics and construction to excavating the earth, we want to learn more about these people and how their projects became cover-worthy. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. I'm excited today to be here with Kevin Flower of Acoustic Design Group in Scottsdale, Arizona, who is the Mac Daddy of Lighting and Technology. So thanks for being part of this, Kevin. No problem. Thank you. I'm fired up. Fired up. <laughs> You're going to be doing a lighting on our house. And, and I didn't understand the importance of lighting until as a kid growing up in Toronto. And we grew up in a pretty nice area, but houses weren't lit the same way they are today. And how did you get started in this thing? Where'd you grow up? I grew up in uh, Tucson, Arizona. I'm from Tucson, which is south of Phoenix. Yep. Um, I grew up uh, near the Davis Monthan Air Force Base, and my my dad was in the Air Force, but not when I was a kid. But you know, early on uh, during Vietnam times, um, always fascinated with planes. Thought I was going to be a fighter pilot when I was like you know five years old, six years old. Soon realized that I've had glasses since I was one, okay. and that uh, eyesight's kind of an important thing to be a fighter pilot. <laughs> And so somebody, somebody down the road uh, enlightened me into that one. Okay. That I, I wasn't going to be a fighter pilot. And so then, you know. So it wasn't motion sickness. <laughs> it wasn't motion sickness. It probably could have been. It could have been later on. But when it first started, it was, it was, it was, it was the eyesight that kind of got me out that okay. way. I played a lot of sports as a kid. Played a lot of baseball. Played yeah. a lot of wiffle ball. Um, always, always good in school. I was always good in math and science, you know. Um, just, just. Had a, you know, uh, a childhood, you know, my parents got divorced, had a little bit of a rough time with that. Um, just c continued, uh, lived in Tucson until I got to college. Okay. And then we went there, went, I uh, uh, worked for a really high-end grocery store called Ray's Ranch Market. It was a Tucson-based company, and they had a couple stores up here in Phoenix. Would they be like AJ's? They'd be like AJ's. It was okay. a bit of AJ's competition. Okay. Um, and so I worked there. I was, I was a, a cashier. And, you know, dealt with this, ironically dealt with the same clientele during that job as I do today, do just you, in a different facet, right? Because now I'm, 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 I'm helping them, assisting them. Back then I was doing the same thing, but... With blood on your shirt. <laughs> I know, exactly. <laughs> and taking some abuse. Um, you, you would think that, you know, working at a grocery store is an easy job, but, you know, I, I had a lady once drop a whole set of keys into her an ice bucket at, at the, because I worked in the produce department. And, oh, I thought you were going to say she dropped an F-bomb on No, me. no, 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 no. And she, she, she swore she dropped her keys in this ice bucket, this, ice, this giant ice tray with all the juices and all that kind of stuff. Oh, come on. 
And um, you had to go digging. I, I, and I knew she didn't drop it in there. I knew she didn't do it, right? So I go dig it, dig it all out, took the shovel, dig the whole thing out. And then finally, like her husband comes like two rows, you know, two aisles over. And she's like, oh, I got your keys, honey. And she was so adamant, you know, and, and I was just like, you know, unbelievable. You know, like, you know, but, you, but customer's always right. And you kind of mm-hmm. take that mentality and, and, you know, you learn, you know, your place. And um, Were yeah, they more abusive good. in the grocery store or can they be abusive on the job site now? I would still say that the the grocery store was way worse than anything that I've I would ever think encountered. so. Yes, no, and I think it, it it has to do with just the your hierarchy in society. I think as a grocery store worker, they don't they they don't listen to your opinions or your uh, you know they, they just blow past you. Okay, you know where, where I think like in our design community, it's like you know if they're hiring me to tell them how to light something. Yeah. They're taking it as like you know I I must know what I'm doing or or he he's got to have some clout behind it right. So you can fake it till you make it in the acoustic world, but in the grocery <laughs> store, no chance. No chance. Everybody's no. an expert there. No, and then one of the greatest things about the the grocery store experience was I met my wife. So you know we met uh, while working. It was now called Wild Oats. Wild Oats eventually bought Ray's Ranch Market, okay. and then now Whole Foods bought Wild Oats. So okay. Actually, on Scott, I feel like this is a Pac-Man scenario. I know exactly. So on Scottsdale and Shays, where we met, and it's now at Bevmo, which is even more crazy. Wow. Um, yeah, I know we, the one we met. Yeah, the the Bevmo and Scottsdale. And Shays. Yeah, yeah. That used to be a, a Wild Oats, and that's where I met my wife. And it's an odd liquor store, but it does look like a grocery store. It does look like a grocery store because it was. <laughs> it was. And so you know, when I was working there, I was going to ASU for electrical engineering. And I was working at a grocery store because I needed a job. And then eventually I got higher up in my classes, so I had internships. Okay. And so I started my first internship with Johnson Controls. And at Johnson Controls, I did HVAC layouts. I did control design. I Who's did, Johnson Controls? It's what a, are they? It's a giant, uh, it's a controls uh, company that like Siemens. They do like uh, oh, big building okay. automation stuff. And yeah. so I was doing um, layouts for HVAC. I was doing uh, learning AutoCAD. Okay. Learning a program called Visio. Okay. Um, and doing and schedules and learning all that kind of stuff, which yep. I, later it becomes very useful for me. Um, more useful than sticking a knife in a socket. I know. What you did? <laughs> no, right? a key, a key in a socket. Oh, a, key. a key in a socket. When okay. I was a kid, I did a key in a socket. And so when I when I'm at Johnson Controls, uh, September 11th happened. I'm, I'm uh, I lived up in Scottsdale with my wife. We were newly married. Actually, got married the August, August 18th. So we have our 20 year anniversary actually coming up. Congrats. Next two weeks. Nice. And so um, I'm walking, you know, I take, I was taking the bus, taking the bus to Johnson Controls, which is right by ASU. I'm going down, like, there's no planes in the sky. And Johnson Controls is like two blocks from Sky Harbor Airport. And I'm like, and you what? don't know what's, I, going, I know what's on. going on. Because, okay. you know, we don't have, I don't even know if we had barely internet, maybe. You know what I'm saying? Like, it okay. wasn't like as relatively available. You couldn't, I didn't have an iPhone. Yeah. Um, probably had like a flip phone or one of those. Okay. And I'm going, I'm like, this is odd. Like there's nothing around. I get to the office and everybody's huddled around a TV and all, you know, seeing the whole thing go down, it was just like crazy, you know, like, and you know, I had to call my wife through a, through a landline. It was like all different, whole different experience than you would be now. And so when that happened though, um, all the internships got dropped soon thereafter because a lot of the economy changed. And so, uh, I went from there, um, and we were married, so I needed a job and I didn't have an internship. So I, I actually got, a did the ads and all that kind of stuff and worked at Safeguard and Security, which is, uh, I don't even know if they're still around. I think they're still around. They used to be just right over here, actually like two blocks from where our office building is now. Okay. And I did fire alarm layouts for a while until one of my friends said that he had a, a, a lighting designer in, in Phoenix that needed some help with CAD and, and y- y- you'd be a good fit. Is this Walter? It's, it's Walter, yeah. 
And so uh, one Saturday, my wife and I go down there and I interview on a Saturday and there's this eccentric wild man, uh, he, uh, you know, who is one of my mentors. And uh, I do an interview with him and I'm like, man, this guy's crazy, you know? And my wife's like, no, this is your fit. Like this is, this is the perfect, you know, version of you. It's like, you can be creative and then you're technical you know, um, she always calls me a nerd, you know, like uh, we embrace, we, we embrace that in our household with our kids. It wasn't cool 30 years ago, but no, it sure no, is no, now. no. So, so, and I never really saw the creativity part, but my wife did see the creativity part. So she's like, no, you have to do this. You, you, you have to do this. And it was actually, a, it was actually a paid decrease. It wasn't a big paid decrease, but it was, but the opportunities were, were great. And, and, um, being able to learn from one of the masters, um, in lighting over the last, you know, I think he's going on his we talked about it the other day i think he's got his 50 year anniversary coming up do you in stay a couple in years. we do yes we do okay um very grateful for everything that he ever did for me um also grateful for the fact that um you know i didn't real, realize till i was an actual business owner like 90 percent of his day when he, he that he'd have to deal with is the stuff that i you know see now as a business i, I didn't realize when i worked for him but i do realize that now so why do i feel as i'm listening to you i'm envisioning uh, Marty McFly in Back to the Future and Walter, who I've never met, is Christopher Lloyd, the crazy scientist, but brilliant. He is. And no, then you're the, you're the protege. <laughs> I was one of, one of many that he's had sent through uh, that office, but I said he's a staple here in the Phoenix market and throughout the United States in lighting. And it was an honor to work for him, definitely. So how long did you work for him and when did you start acoustic? Um, I worked for him for about... Mm, I would say about eight, eight years or so. And then I went on my own. Um, that was roughly about the time that the crash of the economy happened. Okay. We were doing a little restructure in that office. And, you know, we had conversations about different people leaving and all that kind of stuff. And I just decided it was the time for me to go. Okay. When I left, I didn't go for lighting design. I went for just to do uh, Lutron and light touch programming. Okay. I was going to have a programming company and that's all it was going to be. Well, as I left the final years there at Walter's office, I had kind of molded from a cat operator to a very, proficient in programming because I have a, you know, an engineering background with a lot of that stuff. And so you're one of those smart I, fellows. I, I picked it up rather quickly so okay. that I, I excelled in that. And then, you know, learning the creativity part from Walter and from the people that we worked with, uh, to be able to do lighting design. So people did know that I did do lighting design. So slowly after, you know, in a year, you know, I had people coming to me for small projects and stuff like that. And then, you know, as you're starting out, you don't say no to anything. And right. so you just kind of build, 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 build. And then, eventually get a bigger project and then that project becomes, you know, recognized and people understand that you can do what you say you can do. And then after you build that over time, it was just a hustle, you know, from the beginning, it was, yeah. it was like you start small and then you kind of go to where you are today. And then about three years ago, Chris and I, uh, Chris was looking for an office building and I was helping him look for an office building as a friend. And, uh, you know, he's like, I want to do this. And he had, all, he had a lot of dreams and aspirations. And I'm like, you know what? We should do something different. We should, you know, there's different people doing different things with audio, video, lighting, and, 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 and just this whole market's changed. Okay. You know, in AV, you know, we're one of hundreds of people in this Paradise Valley, Scottsdale market. Okay. Uh, having a lighting design person on staff as myself, and then also being able to put together what we put together, there's nobody that has the exact layout of our business model and what we had probably even in the United States. Okay. So you're talking about Chris Matthews, your Chris partner. Chris Matthews, my and, and what was his background? He was audio visual? Audio video. Yeah. So he does audio video, um, you know, and then we both have kind of 
try to put together a team of people that we can, you know, hit different facets so that clients can have a one-stop shop to be able to get everything that they need in these estates. What we found is there's a lot of finger pointing. There's a lot of drama that goes on on a job between different trades in order to get things done. And so we've tried to simplify that model for our, our clients, such as yourself, just so, so you don't have to call six people to figure out why the shade in the left do bathroom drama. doesn't work. I do not do drama. It drives me crazy. No. And so when we did that, we decided to do this together. And so, we, and so when we did it, we built out the showroom. And our showroom is a high-end custom residence. It's set, it's set up like that with, with technology that can be changed out and tested so that okay. we, our clients get the best and are able to see the best, um, which, which has been well-received. And then also we have you know, different areas that we're you know, modifying and remodeling to kind of bring up to the, to the next level that we have coming out in the fall. So. so you guys got together three years ago and created this company. Mm -hmm. You have been on your own for eight years. Mm -hmm. So did you build up enough of a runway or, or track record so that people would automatically, as soon as you merge the two, they go, that's perfect. That takes a, a bunch of pain away from me. No, it did. I, I was never, I've never been worried, you know, especially in the last, you know, five to seven years. I have a, a steady amount of builders and interior designers that we work with and architects that, that do fill the pipeline. Um, Your builders do speak incredibly highly of you guys. No, and we try, you know, I, I always have a philosophy of no bad job. You know, you got to make that job right. So okay. whatever it takes, you know, we do what it takes to make the job right. And then, you know, one of the things that, you know, people always say, what's the biggest, you know, compliment a client can give you? And I always say the second house. I mean, yeah. You know, because, you know, our clients, you know, being it's like, take me a while to figure this out, but Scottsdale, most people don't live in Scottsdale. Most people, this is their second home. Or if they do live here, they also have homes in other places, but it's such a, such good golf community yeah. that a lot of people come here. And so, you know, you make that connection, you do what you say, uh, you follow through and, you know, you have integrity and the people keep coming back. So, well, I remember when I was uh, golfing with Brad Levitt from AFT construction, who's building our house and, and we were talking about lighting and acoustics, and he goes, "I got the perfect guy, Kevin Flower." And I go, "Okay, do you? Th so do you think we could do it? Like, because our budget's not insane. We're we're just working class folks." And he goes, "No, Kevin will do it, and and it's not going to kill you, and it'll be he'll look after you, and it'll be painless." Which I'm all about. I don't do drama. I don't like pain. Mm -hmm. Just let's get it done. And you're the expert, not me. Uh, when it comes to what we do, marketing, I'm the expert. You know, not me, <laughs> not, not you. And uh, and it's like okay. And I go okay, all in. And and as I talk to other builders and other architects, because we got incredible clients here, they all go when it comes to lighting and acoustics, it's you guys. So you've obviously dominated and done a great job of just making sure those relationships are really good. Yes, no, no it, clients and 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 uh, being part of the team. It's a, it's a, always a collaborative process. It's yeah. like. I know sometimes we get people, you know, hardly ever does it happen that someone's going to hire me first and then not hire an architect and interior designer for sure, or builder, for sure. right? That, that question always happens a lot. It's like, you know, my job is to, to enhance and um, add uh, drama and character to spaces where, you know, an interior designer and an architect are going to come up with a big plan overall vision. And then we're going to, you know, go after that and then make sure that it's the best it can be and look the best both day and night. And then also take in consideration our clients um, a lot of them, you know, have demanding jobs or, you know, come from industries that are demanding. And so, you know, they need places to retreat, they need places to relax and mm -hmm. we're able to create those environments for them. They need places to actually fall asleep, which happens all the time in theater rooms, right? Exactly. <laughs>
So you didn't start dealing with these, these moguls of industry. What do you learn from them? Wow. Lots of things. Probably more than anything. It's, it's, it, you know, none of them got where they are without hustle. You know, even the ones that, that have inherited a lots of money, they didn't just stand stagnant and not do anything. They've always uh, been driven. They've always um, have a vision and, a, and an end game. And, you know, it's just tr- it's trying to keep up with their pace. You know, like a lot of them have a fast pace and, and okay. they think quick, they speak quick. Um, we're working on a, a couple of big projects in Napa for, uh, for a winery. Oh, are you really? Yes. <laughs> So that's a, that must be a great trip. That's, that's a, a great fun. it's a great trip, but it, it's always fast and furious, and there's just a lot of information. I, I always tell my client up there. I said I could probably stay up here for six months out of the year, and and I would be nose to the grindstone twenty four seven. Right. Um, it's just it, it's some of the paces that that our clients run is so, is so incredible. It's like I'm younger half the time, and and it it, it kills me sometimes. <laughs> that is hilarious. Now, do you like wine? I do. So it's an easy transition for you to go to Napa. It's an easy transition, yes. But sometimes it's like late nights. I mean, lighting is one of those industries that like we do a lot of our work in the evening, you know, especially looking at stuff or mocking oh, stuff sure. up. So it's, oh. it's not, you know, sometimes I wish I was, you know, I probably don't wish this because I, I, I wouldn't last long. But if I was, you know, more of a you know, tradesman that worked 5 a.m. to 2 p.m., you know, then it'd be different. But, you know, my, my day normally doesn't start till, you know, 830. I got three young daughters at home. Okay. They keep me busy. And uh, so by the time I you know, get to the office, get kicking, and then plus go through the things I need to go, I mean, it's more later nights for me than it is um, early days. So lighting is so critical to homes. When did that start to occur? Because I, I, as I mentioned when we started this conversation, I grew up in Toronto. It was a pretty nice area. And I never realized the importance of lighting. And we would come to resorts in Scottsdale or or Palm Springs. I remember vividly going to Palm Springs. It was 1981 and I see the palm trees in Indian Wells and they're lit from below. And I looked at them and I was like, it's just so cool. And now living in Scottsdale, you see this all the time and it's, mm-hmm. it makes such a difference. Hence why I said to Brad, I go, Brad, lighting is vital. And I didn't even think about it as we're building this house. Well, the first problem is you're from Toronto, right? So like... <laughs> There's snow hey. on the ground. There's no uplights. That's always funny because I think about too when we do jobs in Reno or do jobs that it snows, you know, because here, you know, you get, you know, it doesn't snow, right? Oh, and I so, didn't and so, and so then you got to think about it. Like you got to figure Never out, like, thought of that. is it need to be raised off the ground? Do we want to, how do we do it? How okay. high does the snow get? Okay. All that kind of, you know, so that could be part of the reason why you're not seeing the uplights on the palm trees. But I mean, you can't trash Toronto too much because your your partner's nephew work or plays for the uh, Maple Leafs. He does. <laughs> so, yes, he does. So you've got a little bit of uh, no, knowledge no, no, in Toronto. No, no, no. That, that and the, most of our you know, clients that live up in Desert Mountain are, are, from, yeah. are from Canada. So, um, but, you know, to answer your question about the lighting, I would say, you know, more, more prevalent in the last 10 years because, you know, LED for the longest time was not the, the predominantly used light source. It was okay. used very rarely. Okay. And then over the last 10 years, you know, it's gone from like a rarely used light source to the only light source that's used 95 to 99% of the time now. What was the transition? What, it was halogen, halogen incandescent. Okay. Um, and then if you had a commercial space, it was metal halide and compact fluorescent or fluorescent. Okay. And those were, those ones were challenging dimming because they had choppy dimming. The color wasn't good. They're full of gas, it, the color rendering, which means, you know, the color as it sits on on the object, it was not well. Okay. Um, halogen was the, the ideal light source. It had 
high CRI, you know, the reds look like reds, the, the blues look like blue and, and, and that kind of stuff. And then when LED came out, it, it kind of started in that realm of being more like compact fluorescent and metal halide where it was kind of blue and, and dingy and, and, and maybe green Okay. and it wasn't perfected. And then now today it's, it's a, it's a perfected light source that, you know, you can even mimic any color you want and any color temperature you want. So, uh, you know, one, one of the things we're doing right now is building out a, a Ketra showroom, you know, which is a uh, Lutron's uh, human centric lighting. And what I like best about that, Wait, lights, hold on, what does that mean? Human centric lighting, yep. it, 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 how, how the, how the body feels, right? So, so lighting. So effects, is this Jack how, Bauer where we get the, uh, <laughs> the orange hue on our body? No, no. It's just how, how, you know, how your mood and, and, and how your body reacts to different, uh, colors of light and at certain times. Um, at night, you know, you kind of want to warm lights. Your body can kind of change into sleep and slow down during the day. You want to be energetic and go fast. I mean, your iPhone has night shift on it. Really? (laughs) Well, this is your world. I don't know how how many times I've I've heard that in a a, conversation. It's like that validated it for the, for all of America that, you know, that this was an issue is when, you know, Apple put it on their phone as as night shift. They're like, wait a minute, blue light's not good for you at night. Um, and there's people that believe it. There's people that don't, um, I'm a firm believer that like light does affect your mood. And like, you know, um, we, we, we bought a house recently and, um, remodeled part of it. And, you know, one of the things was putting lighting in and I put Ketra in that house. And, and I think it's one of the coolest products that's, that's ever came in, in the lighting industry. It, 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 you know, some people like white light, some people like really white light. Some people like purple light, like my, one of my daughters, some people like. Elsa blue. They like, you know, like you make it, you know, you do so many things with it that, that just impact the space with just one technology. Um, that it's just one of those things that, 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 that it's making waves. Okay. And then we're going to have, we're going to have a showroom here. That's going to help, you know, explain that to people and tell a story. Cause a lot of times what happens with lighting and um, design is you have to tell a story. Um, you know, everything's about the story. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't matter, you know, you talk about the hustle and just getting out there and working and loving. Obviously, you guys love what you do. We do. It, it's fun. It, it's at a, I, this, during the summer, I've had my daughter, uh, my oldest daughter, come and work with me. And, and you know, I could see it at her that she, she wants to, she wants to do what dad does, you know, and it's does like, she, really? she does. Yeah. How old and is she, she? She's, she's 11. <laughs> she's 11. But I could see her doing that. Yeah. You know, I, I uh, for lack of a better term, I mean, we all started out as child labor. Right. And it's, it's, uh, you know, it's fun to, to have a passion when you're young and go, Hey, I want to do that as opposed to get 25 and still not figure out, okay, what do I want to do with my life? Well, I said, I didn't even figure out what I wanted to do. I mean, I was, I I thought for sure I'd be working for Intel, Motorola and doing something with circuit boards and moving from one project to the next project to the next company. And just, that was my life. And it wasn't until I said, like I had that interview with Walter and my wife was like, this is you. You know, and I always consider my, you know, she considers herself and I consider her my neck or her, she's, she's my, uh, my neck, right? She, she helps direct me <laughs> okay. in the direction I need to go. Me by myself would be non risk taker, nothing, but she, she helps direct. And, um, I listen to her and I, I value what she has to say. So getting back to your clients, how stressful is what you do? I mean, it sounds fun. Everything's got stress, right. but. No, it, it, there's stress. I mean, because you have they have an expectation of the level that they want to get there, and like we rely on a lot of tradespeople to get us, you know, to the final product. So, you know, whether it's a restaurant, um, a bar, 
um, even a house, you know, like there's other people that have to do it. Right. So they have to install the lights. They have to, okay. um, you know, follow the plan. They have to, you know, make decisions sometimes without you. And so, but the end of the day, it's my name and it's, it's, it's our company that's, that's on it. And we are responsible because we are the consultant, you know, that's heading that up. So, you know, we have moments, you know, you know, you know, I had a client recently where they didn't install the lenses inside the downlights. Sounds simple. It sounds like not a big deal. You know, architect calls me nicely and he goes, client's not happy with the lighting in, in, in majority of the house. He's like, you got these weird lines, you know, going from the trims, you know? And I'm like, you know, we were, that was a job that, you know, we did the, the plan, but didn't do the final, you know, okay. they just kind of did their own, went their own way. And I go, well, let's look at the spec. You know, is it the same? It's the same spec. Okay. And then look at the note is that all fixtures must have soft focus lens. Is there lenses inside the trims? No. Oh, that well, might be a problem. <laughs> uh, so puts the lenses in. Now all of a sudden he's like, oh, okay. It looks the way we're supposed to. It's like, there's a reason why we do the things that we do. <laughs> And it's not always, you know, what's easiest, but there's a reason. So, you know, and then also the, the, the final thing that we do on a job is an aim and focus, you know, an aim and focus where we take, we go out there at night with ladders and, you know, all the materials and different optics and lenses and to make the, the house perfect. You know, someone may have a, you know, 24 by 24 inch piece of art, or they may have a 48 by 60 piece of art. Well, it's a different light ball or it used to be light ball, but it's a different optic and a different, you know, uh, focus, you know, focus, but focus sure. for, for different different things. And so, um, we, we do that, but it's funny cause you have some clients that, you know, the uh, electric contractor just put all the lights straight down, you know, they didn't aim any walls. And so then they're like, right. where are my arts lit? Well, it's like, we haven't finished yet. You know, <laughs> we have to finish part of, we have to finish. We have to set the scenes. We have to light the art. We have to add the contrast, the drama. And once we get all that done, then it's finished. And then so that's when the clients see, you know, what it is that we bring to the table. So do most of your clients have any idea that the complexity of what you do? Because I'm listening to you and obviously my paradigm is, okay, well, we got this house that we're going to build. Right. And it's like, dude, that is so flipping cool. No wonder these places look perfect when they're done. Yeah. And I said, majority of the, the jobs, that you, especially you see that are even in the Bill magazine that you have out right yep. now. Yep. You know, we've worked on several of those houses, even the one that's on the, on the front cover. Um, it, it just takes a lot to get the job to the end. I mean, like they said, it, it's always in the details and it's always that last 5%. I mean, it can go full steam and at the end it just fizzles out. And if the team fizzles out or something ends, it never ends well. It's like you have to, you know, persevere and, and go to the end. And then, you know, and then even past that, I mean, I mean, there's clients that still call me to this day, you know, that, that may, you know, want to change or move a piece of art. Or they change something, or or maybe they went from halogen, they want LED, and they want an expert's opinion on you know how we do that. And there's different ways that you would do that, and different ways that you don't do. <laughs> so you know we try to keep the relationship, so it's a long term relationship, one that that's not just ends when the job ends, but sure. one that you can call me, you know, five years from now, ten years from now, twenty years from now, you know, and we're there, and we're gonna you know help you with what you need, and 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 get you in the right direction. Kind of goes back to your point of the best, biggest compliment you can get is when somebody says, okay, I want you to do the next house. Correct. How often do you have to come back and tweak the lighting? Not that often. Um, now with the apps and a lot of the things that we have um, on the technology side for the controls, a lot of them are user, uh, the, the end user can, can modify and change. So we're not okay. doing a lot on that end. And then, you know. Do you have to be super technical? I mean, you're, you're an engineer, so you understand that stuff. I'm a knucklehead. 
No, I mean, the good thing about, you know, the, the Android devices now and Apple, you know, they, they've all kind of brought that technology into um, the house and into, you know, most people's lives. And so if you can text message or, or do the basic things, you know, a lot of people, you know, can, can use basic things on the, on the iPhone that, that, you know, even my, my kids, I mean, the kids, our kids are, you know, the ones that are going to be light years ahead and they already can intuitively figure it out, but it's, it's not complicated to figure out how to, to, to change a scene or, or change the intensity of a light now with a lot of our smart devices that we have. And then the second part would be, you know, that's the control part of it, but then the lighting part of it, you're probably, you know, and most things now it is, it is, um, you know, a circuit board, it's an led. So it's not no longer, is it a, you know, a change of light bulb, you know, a lot of times it's inherent and there's, you know, different components in there that have to be changed or manipulated to make an effect work. So it's a little bit harder as a homeowner, I think probably to like aim and adjust stuff as it, than it used to be. Uh, especially if they have to change something or change a beam spread, you know, like from a spot to a flood. Okay. Um, that used to be just be a light bulb change, right? It used to be super simple. Like, yeah. oh, you have, you know, a 50 watt, you know, 15 degree. Now you just want a 50 watt, 25 degree. And you right. say, buy this light bulb and then they would do it. Now it's like, whoa, what cans do we have in that house? Oh, this is the optic that's 25 degree. Oh, you do have you to really? replace it. Yeah, we, we, we make sure we stock all the things to make, you know, so we can make changes and modifications to people's houses. But it's a little bit more, is that it's a little bit more, it's different because the light source is different. You know, it, it, it's changed. So out of all the components of building a house, there's no question that your, your area of expertise is the most technical. And it changes the most. How do you guys keep up with that? And do you ever get it? You probably don't. You probably love reading specs and <laughs> all that stuff, which a lot of us just would find exhausting. No, it, it, being at the top of your game, also people bring in, um, you know, reps and manufacturers, and we get first look on a lot of things. I mean, people know, I mean, even on the audio video side, you know, which has kind of been kind of cool because I've, I kind of have an affinity for, for audio video, even though I'm a lighting designer by, okay. by trade, but that being part of this, you know, company and, and just seeing things, you know, I have an appreciation for, you know, our two channel and, and, and stuff like that, that I didn't have before. Um, and so it, we get to see, you know, you know, for instance, this week, Sony came out with, you know, this massive projector, you know, that they brought to us, you know, we had it and it was, it was the size of a, big storage bin. It was gigantic. It wouldn't even fit. If we replaced our, our projector with it, it wouldn't, it was a hundred thousand dollars Sony projector, you know, and you put it in our theater and, and you you know, run it out. But it's like, they're bringing it to us because, you know, we are at the top, you know, our clients are at the top and, and, and we need to see that stuff. We need to see what's out there. And, you know, that's the nice thing is people bring it to us. So we are always in the know. I do read technical stuff. I do read, you know, trade papers, stuff like that. We go to conferences and and education and, and try to keep up, you know, with what we can keep up with. But I said, a lot of it's just like when things come out, we see it, you know? So do you fall into the pit that when you see these new technologies or new things that you go, that'd be really cool in my house. I like keeping my house simple. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to be your own best client. No, 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 no. We, we do like to test things. I wouldn't, I, I even with the lighting and, and led was the biggest thing, you know, for the longest time, it's like, you wouldn't put, I wouldn't put anything in the house in someone's house that I wouldn't put in my own house, okay. you know? Um, cause you know, nothing, you know, with time and time, you know, 
time's important for everybody. It's, I don't want my time wasted either uh, with clients calling me at all hours of the night and day saying like, you know, this is terrible and this doesn't work, you know, Oh, you should, probably shouldn't have did that. You know, you know, we make sure that what we do and we have lots of it. So, you know, if, if a client has, you know, a particular can light in their house, uh, tape light, we have it, you know? So like if there is a bad one or there's a bad 20, you know, we, we have the parts to make it work and we'll make it right. It's, it's, um, you know, it's a technology market. There could be a bad solder. There could be a bad connection. There could be a hundred different things now that could go wrong. That's all computerized. So, okay. you know, it's important to use what you'll you, use stuff that you trust and then also have the backup parts to make things work. So you're dealing with millionaires and billionaires and they're leaders in their industries, which is why they've gotten to the point where they are and they're early adapters. How many of your clients get nerdy and just go, okay, I want the coolest stuff going. I want the new we stuff. We do. I mean, mostly it's in the tech and industry. And then they are the guinea pigs. Oh, yeah. And they're have, fine with it? We have clients that, that, that would go that way. But um, what's interesting is it's like it's, it, it's our tech clients are the most challenging, right? Because they know too much. You know, like the people <laughs> that know to too teach much. You. No, I know. Well, they do teach you, right? They'll teach you something. You know, I, I, had a, I have a client uh, that's got, you know, a backyard that's like a, rivals the aria you know what i'm saying like it's just like big giant waterfalls and you know it was built by um uh red red rock you know did the pool okay rick uh rich chaffley he did the pool and 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 it's it's probably i don't know i, th- I thought it was like you know a million dollar two million dollar backyard i think the client told me one day and it was like i don't remember i think it's a five or six million dollar backyard you know what yeah it's so, so great yeah and, i mean it, it's a resort but it's a nightclub back there you know and, and that and that was one of the coolest projects you know that i worked on early on on my own and um you know but he comes from a technical background that client's technical he he he, he does he's in the tech industry and so he kept pushing 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 and then you push a little bit back and then you're just like what did i get myself into you know <laughs> Um, but it's cool because it, you know, those are the clients that, that want to push it. So you can push your skill set also. And then you have some clients that you just have to pu- even push the basic thing to get, you know, through to them. And that becomes challenging too, because it's like, you have to have some level of this in your house, you know, and, and, and they just get frustrated just thinking about it. You know? I will challenge you on simple and stupidity. I'm, I'm all in on that. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So you talk about this $6 million backyard. It, you must have some cool projects that stand out in your head that you go, that was an awesome project. No, we, we do have a lot of projects, you know, um, that, you know, sadly, like most of them, it's like I said, since they're private residences, they're hard to talk about or say who, who, who they are or where they're at. Well, but, I'm not referring but, to like what yeah. you were talking about with this guy. Yep. We don't know who it is. No, exactly. But it's, it's still, well, here's what we did or here are the cool components we did. I was talking with somebody and they, they said that, the client was an incredible security expert and worldwide. Wow. And he had put a shooting range in his basement and he started to tell me about the security on the dams that he goes, the dams that you see, they are football field in depth of wow. concrete. Wow. So, and, and as I'm listening to him, I'm just going, you gotta be like, there's some, we meet some cool people. No, definitely. Definitely. There's definitely cool spaces in these houses, you know, shooting ranges, basketball courts, yeah. bowling alleys, yeah, um, all sorts of stuff. You know, we, we've seen it, you know, and it's, it's, it's exciting. Cause it's like, you know, and especially when we start going outside this market, you know, when our clients have their second houses, you know, 
you get to do it on the beach. You yeah. Know, you, you, get, yeah. You, you get to do it in Napa, right? You get to do it in, in different areas and just see different ways of construction too. Cause it's like, you know, different teams, you know, building teams throughout, you know, with your magazine too, you see it with the different groups of people and they probably even see, just see like the, you know, the style of architecture changes, but also, you know, the, the people and the, and the way they go about things change, you know, like, you know, I, I always consider Phoenix as a fast paced market, right? Like, yeah. we're, like we're fast paced. Um, you know, we've been to some, you know, smaller, smaller areas that we did a house, you know, for a client in McCall, Idaho, probably the best electrician I've ever worked with. All my team will say the exact same thing. I've never had a guy that's never done a Lutron lighting system before in a house. And, you know, as complicated of a lighting system as what we did up there. And when we went to program, it was done. Like we just had a plug in and he had, he had, it was all done. It was it, usually like you have to help the person. Right do different facets of getting the job completely done. It was yep. completely done. And, you know, but, you know, when I went out there for a job walkthrough, like, you know, a year prior, it's just, you know, hardly anybody, I mean, just different pace. It was just a slower pace. Uh, here, it's like, it seems like your phone's off the hook. Like there, it's like, you know, you know, it's probably more about family. It's more about, you know, like, I gotta go. It's yeah, just, it's a I gotta it, go hunting. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. You know, which is, which, which is cool. I wish I, I'd like to be more like that. Um, so I, I just think it's interesting to see all that different dynamic when you go to a different locale and, and, and getting the job done. But it also, you get appreciation for other markets and people, you know. So we started in Bend, and then we went up to Canada, because I'm originally from there. And then we went to Whitefish, Bozeman, the mountain towns. Mm -hmm. And we had the opportunity to do a magazine in Naples. And we, we were doing a what we thought was a good job. I mean, it's our business compared to when we started six years ago is light years different. I just got my web stats and they're just, they're obscene. I'll show it to you when we're done, but they're just obscene. Anyway, so we get a opportunity to go to Naples, Florida. Well, we're a West Coast company. Now I, I've got aspirations. I want to be all right. across the yeah. country. So we go, okay. And there's three interior design magazines. They're all 350 pages. And I go, <laughs> we're either going to kill it or we're going to get crushed like a bug. And we go there and we're talking to the biggest architectural firm in Naples called Stoff Cooney and this gal. And I, and I literally think as I'm showing her big sky or whitefish right. that she's going to look at me like I'm some hillbilly from the West Coast. And she goes, Ted, what you don't understand is our clients come from Chicago or New York or Boston or, or D.C. They've got a home in Naples, but they also have one in Jackson or Yellowstone Club or whitefish. Mm -hmm. And that's when we went bingo. And we, we went, I think we've got something. And then we came to Scottsdale because I didn't know how to do a big market until Naples. Scottsdale, while it's 6 million people, or Phoenix, while it's 6 million people, the building community, if you do a good job, the network is, and you know it, mm -hmm. you get connected with all these people. When did, you, when did you finally go to your wife and go, honey, I think we might actually have a business here. And thanks for kind of encouraging me to go out and take a chance. It, it was around the down, downturn of the economy. I, I, what was the downturn of the economy? I'm trying to remember. Well, there was 08, which you're 08. too young for. No, I think... Oh, you were still with Walter, weren't you? That, that's, my, that's when I left. Oh, it is? Yeah, so that would have been when I left. Okay, yeah. okay. So that's when I left. And so when that happened, it was kind of like everything was up, right? Like, yeah. So if you're starting out, everything was positive every year thereafter, right? Right. So, like, so we started out when it was down. I was just doing programming. Grew into lighting design. And then, you know, every year kind of grew more and more and more. We were, um, when I finished up with Light Control, which was the name of the company, I was um, hangered, uh, I was at the air hangar at Scottsdale Hangar 1, which is a nice place to be. That's um, at the air park. At here? the air park, yeah. 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 
so that it, it just it just there's just certain things that like helped solidify us as a company and being able to um, provide clients with service that just little steps that happened, um, and then it, it just it just kind of took off from there. Um, and you look at her and you go, "Thanks for yeah. pushing pushing me." I wouldn't be where I am today without her. That's for sure. <laughs> that's uh, so. What's your proudest moment? Proudest moment? Yeah. What are you most proud of? If you my if kids, you could... I would say my kids and okay. my family. Yep, definitely. Like like, what I want them to be in the next, you know, ten to fifteen years, and and yeah. So they're eleven. How old? Eleven, nine, and four. Okay. Yep. No boys. No boys. Male dog. <laughs> Two male dogs. <laughs> Two, male Two male standard poodles <laughs> that are about seventy pounds each. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. Yep. So how often do you get a chance to take your kids with you when you go and your wife, obviously when you go to Napa or you, I mean, you've done work all over the world. I'm, traveling with them for work is a lot of times a lot of hard is a little hard uh, with my wife. I, I try to do that when I can, okay. you know, with the kids, it's just like, it's an impossible thing. It's like when I, I try to do it, you know, we, we, we do family vacations as a family. I love to do family you know, just me and my wife vacations. Okay. And then when I travel doing the other stuff, it's not so much, um, it's work, you know, and, and it's like, I'm, and I'm, and I'm pulled all hours. It's not like I'm, when I travel somewhere, it's not like I'm working, you know, for a couple hours I'm there and I'm there usually to the evening cause I'm looking at stuff. And so I mean, I get back to the hotel room till 10, 11, 12 o'clock at night, you know, so and start all over again. So to have the kids with me on a trip like that would be a, you know, it's a distraction to get the things I need to get done. But there has been plenty of opportunities with my wife that I've been able to take her on stuff and, you know, we can enjoy, you know, what there is <laughs> at these locales. Well, and obviously your locales are much like ours. They're the spectacular ones, the p- places people dream of going. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. We love going to Napa every year and going to the wineries. I love wine. Um, but I also understand that you being in the lighting business, I mean, you're there when it's dusk because you've got to <laughs> see things. I got to see things. Yeah. Early on in projects, but they're earlier and we can go through construction walkthroughs. Then it's not so bad. But usually those trips, I just want to get in and out quick. So okay. it's either a day trip or it's, you know, I'm, I'm gone the next morning. Um, it's the ones that are the, that I'm going to be there longer, which would be, you know, the aim and focus, the end of the project okay. uh, or, or a mock-up or to, to present something to a client so they could see it. And then, you know, those are the opportunities where I could probably stay a couple extra days and, and hang out or, or do something else. But most of the time it's a, we're, I'm in, I'm out as efficiently as possible. What, what's some of the cool technologies that are either coming into play or where do you, and the second part of that is where do you see the business five or 10 years from now? Technology, it's ever changing, especially with uh, LEDs like we talked about before. Yep. Um, you know, I think it's just more about easier for the, the clients to use, you know, ease of use, I think is going to hopefully get easier as, as time goes, because everybody's kind of hitting towards that same market in all aspects of technology. They want it to be easier for the client. Um, you know, this last couple of years, you know, has been hard with, you know, COVID and stuff like that. People have changed how they look at things. They've, okay. you know, they've changed, you know, I think, uh, Rod said it on his podcast with you that people didn't have theaters. Now they're putting theaters back in, um, people care about wellness. You know, they care about the air purification. They care about their water purification. They care about all that kind of stuff too. So you're going to see a lot more into that realm, you know, where people are going to be starting to you know, bring a wellness factor into their house and a place of sanctuary that they can rejuvenate, you know, almost like a spa, you know, like they're going to, they're going to go to a place, you know, in their house that they can rejuvenate and feel good and then be ready to attack the world again. 
I need to uh, give you the information. There's a client we have out of Colorado called Altitude Controls. Have you ever heard of them? I have not, no. So they are a wellness, and what they do is they'll oxygenate a room. So if you're at, and apparently they've got an option for sea level homes, but they started in places like Aspen, Vail, places that were 7,000 feet, because the oxygen level, like when I go to Santa Fe, which is 7,200 feet, mm-hmm. I sleep horribly. Oh, wow. And I have headaches. And this is a common occurrence because the oxygen level between six and 7,000 feet, apparently it's dramatic. I don't know this. I'm an idiot. <laughs> right. <laughs> all, I, all I know is I feel like crap in the morning. And you get dehydrated. Anyway, these guys came out with this technology where they can take a bedroom and it's stuck in a corner. You would never know it's there, but it helps improve the oxygen level so that you sleep just like you were at 2,000 feet. No, and, and this is the kind of technology I think that we're all going to see. And then lighting's going to be an aspect of that too, because it's going to be, you know, hu- you know, h- helping your body's clock uh, to get back on track yeah. and, and stuff like that too. So I, I think that's where we're going to see a lot of holistic uh, things coming out of what's going on right now. It, it, it has been fascinating in talking to our clients as I do this podcast. And you mentioned about Rod Cullum from Cullum Homes, and, mm-hmm. and he obviously is... is quite an influential, been doing it for 40 years, and Superman. And uh, not Superman, but just a <laughs> Superman. Um, it's interesting when you, when you talk to people because they were shrinking the size of their homes before COVID. And now they become, they, Rod was telling me, a few other builders have told me, no, they look at it and they go, we can't travel like we did. We can't jump on a plane and go to Europe or whatever. So we're just going to, we're going to make, our experience at our home here, whether it be for their kids or grandkids, whatever it is going to be, it, they are building bigger homes. No, we just had a, a client in uh, this week. Uh, they were working on a job with Brad at AFT and then uh, Jamie Rose interiors and um, they're building a, you know, they have a, it's a compound they're having. It's just a 30,000 square foot house down in Gilbert. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> I've It'll look cool. Light, the lighting will be cool. No. I, um, so, so, you know, but that, but it's just, it's that philosophy of like, you know, you know, keeping everybody well and at home, you know, like, you know, get, give, giving, if you have the means, you know, giving your family, you know, the ability to, you know, enjoy, you know, at your house, you know, and, and being, you know, safe. So how do you take this, we'll use this home as an example. How do you take a 30,000 square foot home and keep focused on a project that's taking you two and a half years to do? Small pieces. Everything, yeah, I'm just taking in small pieces. You know, every, everything's so, so detailed out. You know, uh, Jamie Rose is the interior designer on that project. And, you know, and they take great care in going room by room, right? They're going to go room by room. And this is what the walls look like. This is the ceiling. This is the detail. And then we just take it, you know, room by room too, you know, and then you just put a lot of little room by rooms <laughs> together to equal the 30,000 square feet or the 50,000 square feet or, or, or bigger that we've worked on before or are currently working on. It's like, uh, you can't eat an elephant all in one city. No, so so when, just... you, when you look at it globally, like, you know, it's funny. I've never seen a site plan for this project till this week. And I've worked on all the different vignettes inside, you know, like the, the guest house, you know, just the different pieces of the puzzle. And then you put, you see it on one plan and you're just like, wow, you know, it, it's so funny because usually when we look at stuff, we start room, all right, let's start at the front door. Let's start, you know, at the garage, let's start. And you walk through with clients and, and, and design, you know, professionals and, and just start and do small pieces. And then it equals the big piece of the pie or the big, the whole pie. And, and, um, but yeah, it, it's daunting when you look at them because there's a lot going on. So houses that are 4,000 feet, are you 
do you get excited about them? Do you? Start? No, yeah, no. It, it, I like the detail. And I like design. So, you know, I just like people that want detailed houses. You know, I'm trying like, to warm you up. Our no, 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 no. That's fun. We, we, we. I, I like it because it, you know, it'll, it'll happen quicker, right? So, yeah. like, you get, you get the better satisfaction of a project well done than you do in a you know thirty thousand square foot house may take, you know, years to build. Right. You know, and technology is going to change, and you have to go through that hurdle. You know, especially with you know that was a problem over the last ten years with LED. Is it's like you know you may have started a house with one version of LED, but by the time the cans needed to be or the recessed downlights needed to be purchased, it's already had three or four iterations, and you don't like that light anymore. You know, so then what do you do? You know, so so there these longer projects t- take a little bit more time and thought. And then you have to figure out, you know, we, a lot of times in those projects, we use uh, technologies that can be changeable, right? So like the can, like the driver can come out, the, the module LED, you know, light source can come out and new stuff can be put in. Um, it's very important to us on those, you know, big projects that, you know, everything is, you know, fluid for changing. So, cause you know, people change and, you know, we've had clients before that go on a trip to Italy, they come back and all of a sudden, like, you know, going down one road and now they're going down another road. You know, they got an idea. They got an idea. They saw, they saw something and, and they, and they do it. Um, that's always, the, that's the fun part about working on residences. When we work on commercial projects, it's like, if you don't get it right on that construction document, it's not going in. Like okay. they're not, I mean, it, it, that, that plan is gospel. Everybody's bid off of it. It's going in. This is what you're going to have. There's no ebb and flow Okay. in a residence, you know, like, it's, 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 it's heartfelt with the clients, you know, it's, it's their project. And like, you know, if they don't like how something's going, they'll change it. You know, they don't like where their bedroom is and they decide, you know, like, guess what? We're remodeling, we're rechanging the house. They'll rechange the house. I mean, I've seen it, you know, I've seen it. We're like, you know, houses of change orders. Yeah. yeah but they don't, but it, it, it's, it's a personal thing. It's what they want. So you give them what they want. Yeah. We've, we built three houses. This is our fourth and change orders are not, we don't do them. <laughs> like it's it's a house it's well let's make it good and let's get it out of the way the, you know right. properly done the first time right. the last house we did was 3900 feet and we had three change orders and eight years later we looked at the house and we go we still love this house yeah. that's good you make decisions stick with it that's awesome well that's <laughs> just it's not life or death nobody's gonna die on this thing no no but but some, I mean, we do have these projects though that especially these these epic projects that are that are that are big that that, that so many things can change in such a, you know, over a, a three or four year build that, you know, e- even, even your life changes. I mean, there's life changes that people that occur with people sometimes in those time frames that like, you know, they were going down one path and all of a sudden the path changed, you yeah. know? So Rod Cullum, you just listened to the, the uh, podcast we did with him and he had a funny story and he goes, the average marriage in America is three years and the average build is three and a half. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess, so you're a marriage counselor. He goes, well, out of all the homes we sold, he goes, I can only think of one divorce. And I go, you got a pretty good track record for keeping it not very stressful. No, that, that, that's awesome. Now that's a tough one. It's a, it's like, you know, you you know, so you always have one person in, in, in a couple too, that's got the more of the, the opinion, Yes, you know? And then it's always like at the at the nth hour, the one that doesn't have the opinion has the opinion. Yeah, you know that's the one that always kills me. It's like you go through the whole process and you don't even know the other the other spouse. You know, all of a sudden, like that spouse shows up at the end, and yeah. it's like, this is not what we taught. It's like, where were you? They just they pushed, two years ago. <laughs> they push. They, they'll they'll absorb it and absorb it, absorb it, and then it's finally okay. We're at the breaking point. That's it. Enough. Yep. yep. So so. Last question I want to ask, and thanks for spending the uh, the last hour. This is this has been a blast. 
Um, and I'm excited to work with you and I'm excited about the lighting. Lighting and windows to me are everything. And I don't know what the romance is, but there's something to it. Actually, I have two questions. Lutron, you're doing a Lutron studio. Mm -hmm. They're an incredible company. Oh, I, th I think of these blinds that I'm looking at in your, in your boardroom, which I think are Lutron, aren't they? they? Are. Yep. Who is Lutron and explain to me what they do. Uh, Lutron, uh, Lutron's a company out of Pennsylvania. Uh, the founder of Lutron actually invented the dimmer, right? So okay. that dimmer is in the Smithsonian, right? Is it? It is. Yeah. And so he, it, they, they've always been a technology company based upon dimming, right? And, the, and um, they, they, if they can't dim it, we always say, then they probably can't be dimmed, right? The light can't be dimmed. Um, and so they've kind of gone from, from dimmers and control systems, you know, so, so basically a control system is just a larger version of a dimmer, right? Just more dimmers and you put them in a, in a, in a mechanical room as opposed to putting them on the wall. Right. And then they went to that into lighting, right? So they, they bought a company called Ketra and then they've kind of been perfecting what, what uh, light should be, right? Okay. And so with that, their controls, their shading, their automation, you know, They've automated the lighting, the shades, and and um, and a little bit of uh, some HVAC integration. And when they've done that, you know, they've kind of came up with a company that a lot of people use as a standard uh, for control. Um, they have competitors, and the competitors, you know, we see on the market a lot also. And we also, you know, work with a lot of those vendors also. Um, just competitors to, like Crestron. Like Crestron okay. is a competitor. Uh, Vantage Controls is a competitor. Uh, control Four, you'll also see. Yeah, as I'm a familiar with them. Yeah. Yep. Um, you know, the reason why, you know, Lutron special to us is they just offer things that the other companies don't quite have yet. A lot of the patents that they hold, the other companies have to pay royalties to them for, for the technology and innovation. Um, it's just a staple for a lighting designer. You're, you're going to be backed, you know, Lutron, you know, Lutron's got your back and, and you've got theirs. Interesting. Well, I, I, just because we're in Arizona and things get so hot and, and obviously shades are critical to mm -hmm. keep temperature control in homes, do you put a lot of those blinds outside on patios where they come down or are they uh, better used inside the window package? Inside's where you see a lot of them, but outside works. It depends on the kind of window and what you're trying to accomplish. Um, we've seen ones on the outside. I mean, I even have them on, one on my bedroom on, on the outside. I have it on the outside, not on the inside. Uh, just because I have crank windows and I didn't want to put them in front of that, you know. Gotcha. And so, you know, we did a whole different system on that one. Um, it, it really just depends. But in Arizona, I said everybody needs hundreds of shades. I yeah. Mean, there's a lot. I mean, as much as the view is pretty, it does get hot here, and and you got to. And they do they do work. I mean, like you, you do get a definite heat factor and heat loss. You know. You know when you have the shades, you can, you can see, you can feel, you know, putting your hand between the shade and the window, put your hand on the window, put your hand behind the shade. You can definitely feel the difference in heat transfer. So you grew up in Tucson. Did you ever think it beyond your wildest dreams that you'd be sitting here with the success that you've got? No, I, I didn't. <laughs> I wasn't that big of an, my aspirations and dreams weren't that, that high. I, I was, I was kind of said, I, I was happy with the path I was going. Never thought in a million years, you know, that I would be where I'm at um, with the clientele or, you know, the people that I have, you know, that surround me. So extremely blessed, definitely. Um, it's kind of funny too. I always tell the story and it's like, I've never done, I've never, there's not one house that I have ever illuminated in Tucson, Arizona. You haven't? Never have. 
I said, I've done houses all over, like you said, like all over the United States and, you know, in Mexico and stuff like that, but I've never done a house in Tucson. And, um, I just find that ironic. Are your folks <laughs> still down there? They're not. No, my, my dad passed away this year and my mom lives up here in Phoenix. Well, uh, Kevin, thanks for being part of friends built magazine and being on our podcast today. It's been a total blast and I'm excited to work with you. Me too. Thanks for having me. All right. Thanks so much for listening. If you've enjoyed the show, please subscribe wherever you get your podcast and leave us some feedback. We'd love to hear from you. You can find everything discussed in this episode and more in our show notes below. I'm Ted Bainbridge, and you've been listening to Friends of Build Magazine podcast. <laughs>